0: Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.
1: Bigfoot Collectors Club presents terrifying tales from zombie Bigfoot's cryptid crypt. (laughs) I know a
2: ghost story about you.
1: Hello. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special Halloween episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I am your host, Michael McMillan. Filling in for missing Bryce Johnson this week is, of course, our super producer, riley, riley bray. bray oh yeah that's me oh yeah. i stepped on your your opening my, that's line. my main line
2: is my name I really some <laughs> episodes it's all you it's all you get like, to say i like how, it's true that happens i like how you kind of came in like it was like i was almost like santa and then uh it was, it was like wavering a little got got the vibrato and there's like drunk santa and then a little transylvania a little classic yeah. michael yeah, you I really get a lot of notes in that open there.
1: Would we really be surprised if we learned that Santa and Dracula were one and the same? Not a bit. Both. How creeps. do you think? How do you think that suit got so red? By Christmas, <laughs> the blood Santa's, of children. Yeah, he's been drinking blood all year, and then he <laughs> atones for it by bringing all the kids presents. I like this mythology. Yeah. yeah. Anyway,
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, we were opening the episode, and then <laughs> can you keep going?
1: No, <laughs> yeah, I was saying that's uh, you figured it out. So any word from Bryce this week? Uh not on my end. No. How about you? No, nothing. The task force. I got uh Mare from East Town on it. Um we're digging into it. <laughs> She's right. expanded beyond Delco uh and is helping us find Bryce. Guys, listen, we need some more tips. Hashtag where's Bryce. Uh at first we thought something mysterious happened then we thought maybe he was just blowing us off um no quiet quiet all week very strange very strange mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. but i have an eerie feeling that something something's going to happen tonight and i i, I maybe it's just cuz it's halloween yeah the
2: veil is thin you know bryce if you're listening out there we are we're, we're waiting for you
1: that's a great idea actually um before we bring in our guest just riley if you and I could just and, and listeners at home just say with us bryce if you're listening we're here bryce if you're listening you're listening we're, we're here. here bryce bryce if, if you're listening,
2: listening we're, we're here. here
1: on time yeah yeah we're on time where are you I don't know. It doesn't seem to be working. Uh, Well, I, you know, God bless you, Bryce, wherever you are. We love you. Come home. Come back to us. We're not mad. We're not mad. I'm sorry I snapped last week. I was just scared. I was scared that maybe something was wrong um, because it's a spooky season, and and I feel like something's up, but we got to get on with today's show, right? Yeah, might as well. It's zombie big go on. Who said that? Oh,
2: that was me. That was me.
1: I thought it was Bryce. That scared me. Okay. It's zombie Bigfoot's cryptic crypt all month long. So we're discussing extra spooky stuff here on the free feed and on our Patreon BCC. The other side, if you love the spooky season show BCC, a little extra love by subscribing to the show and dropping us a five star review on Apple podcasts or your favorite podcast app loki uh if you do we might read it on the air like this one that riley's gonna read for you right now
2: i sure am as soon as i get that text message new listener five stars i listen to y'all every day during work when i exercise play animal crossing i love the humor the creepiness i love it all by abby cassage i want to say probably hopefully thanks well, abby Appreciate Thank that. you so
1: much, Abby, and thanks for being a new listener. We appreciate it. Guys, give us those five-star reviews. We love it. It, it gets the show to more people. Uh, it feeds a giant algorithm dragon, and uh, we all know we have to <laughs> feed the dragons. Yes,
2: which we pray and worship, to yes. every day.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, let's bring in our guest. Uh, tonight's amazing guest is an actor that you know from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Happiest Season, my favorite holiday movie of 2020, and probably 2021, let's be honest, because I will watch it again. Uh, And he's a voice in the animated series Doug Unplugged, Club Scouts of All Timelines. Please, welcome back to the show, Mr. Burl Mulsley. Trick or
3: treat, mother, father, sisters, uncles, niece, nephews. Just want to cover whole the family. whole family, yeah. basically. Trick or treat to everybody. Trick or treat!
1: Burl, welcome back. Dude, you have not been... Well, you that's not true. Quite true. Because you were okay. a voice, a featured yes. player in our uh, Roswell series. Oh, yes,
3: goodness. which was very wonderful. Such a good Thanks. time. Peak, Thank you for having me.
1: Peak uh, pandemic podcasting. Peak Pandey, as you are mm-hmm. saying now. Yeah. Yes. Um, season eight. one finale. I think you were in. I'm yeah. going to actually look it up because I didn't do it. Yeah. I think you were one of our first 10 guests on the oh, what show. Was what, it's like, been like four years. You were that? here for the Dover Demon. Remember
3: yeah. Yeah. Was that like number eight, number nine, something like that?
1: I wow, think so. That I was four it, years ago. That's yeah,
3: that was a while ago. That was a minute ago.
1: Coming up on it um
3: and congratulations for you know still being around a lot of podcasts <laughs> fell off I'm not gonna lie bcc gonna lie. Number, eight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> number eight yeah number Oh, nice
1: number eight you nailed wow. it gosh i mean so you're an og guest and uh you know we talked a little bit back then but you're pre bullshit or believe it so we get to play that game with you for the first time tonight Ooh. and uh okay. let's just let's touch back in Where you're at with the paranormal. Have you had anything happen to you in the past four years that you can't explain?
3: Oh, gosh. You know, I haven't had any paranormal experiences per se, but I have had, like, just weird interactions with animals when I'm not expecting it. Great. I'll just be out at night and, like, a deer will show up or, like, a coyote will show up and just, like guide me through the fog like there was one time I was coming down Mulholland and it was so foggy I couldn't see anything and then like this coyote is just like I'm like is that a dog and it's like no no no, it's a coyote and this coyote just looks at me and then once I make eye contact with him just starts guiding me down the hill through the fog
2: <laughs> that is so awesome
3: <laughs> until I got to the bottom and I was safe and then this and this thing disappeared and I was like <gasps> I was like you know, I'm a big anime guy. I was like, Princess Mononoke Coyote? I was like, what happened just now? That was so great. That was amazing. I just had the the Mulholland spirit coyote guide me. Yeah. It was beautiful. That was your
2: real-life anime coyote guide
3: moment I guess right so. There. I guess yeah, so. It was a thing of that. beauty. Were you yeah.
1: walking or were you
3: driving? No, I was in my car. And so, you know, mm-hmm. like, when you shine your car headlights on some fog, even if you use, like, you know, your low beams as you're supposed to do, Sometimes it's still very difficult to see, and you know, that street can be very windy and and, you know, so forth and so on. And so, but uh, hey, I live to tell the tale and I'm still here.
1: Mulholland, a notoriously spooky street, a beautiful street, but spooky as fuck for those of us who live in LA.
3: Yeah, so spooky they made a movie out of it. That's
1: right, (laughs) quite a spooky one at that. Yep, yep, certainly. Now, that coyote story is the opposite of Riley's coyote story.
3: That's true. Did you get bit?
1: No, I didn't get bit. But okay. I, 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 uh... I don't think we talked about this on the podcast. Did we not talk about this on the podcast. It no, because I, I think you were actually like a little rattled for a minute. It was a little shaken we up.
2: We didn't yeah. want to oh, bring no. it up. Oh no. <laughs> well so there's these coyotes in my neighborhood and honestly like uh-huh. i i used to be when i first moved here i was like wow it's so mystical and now i'm like they're just kind of assholes like <laughs> they like well just they don't care anymore they'll oh, just no, like no. walk yeah. right up to you and and uh, so anyways i was I, I, out in my driveway and i was getting something out of my van and i saw some coyotes uh mm-hmm. look at me and start approaching and so i kind of like made a sound and then they just like kind of stalked down a little bit and kept walking towards me and i was like oh fuck this and so i started backing up thinking that i was walking up into my driveway but there's a stream in front of my house that's like a good three or four foot drop down i would say
1: it's closer to like five feet
2: it could be more like four or five feet honestly and what i actually did was back right off that ledge like wily coyote style like maybe The, the tables have turned and like having that moment of like oh there's no ground beneath me and then just falling so hard into the stream um it was really (laughs) not
3: great and then the The coyotes they they stood on the edge there and they just laughed at you they just
2: stood stood there they still stood there and just watched me like (laughs) crawl back out of the stream and they were still just standing there staring at me like you idiot and i was just like these coyotes are jerks the best part was all of this was
1: caught on uh on uh riley's ring camera and we got to see the footage of him falling and then reappearing just a frustrated man (laughs) in a knitted hoodie walking just angry walking fortunately fortunately not injured but just stubbornly and so angrily marching up towards his home
2: Quite bad. Yeah, I walked to the door I think I said, a bad thing happened.
3: I feel for you. I feel. I feel for you. Uh, One coyote
1: leads you down the cliff. The other leads you towards the cliff. Trickster spirit. There you go. We've we've embodied the
3: coyote through our stories here. A true Loki. A true Loki.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Any other animal? Are you like an animal guide guy? I'm an
3: animal whisperer 100%. I always have been. Awesome. I'm great with people's dogs. I'm great with like random animals out in the wild. Never been bitten by anything. I can always calm. Oh, oh gosh, there was this, oh man, there's this um this one story, right? So I'm out in Utah doing some work and um, you know they they like have us up in these cabins or whatever, right? And uh, and then there's, like, this van that's supposed to, like, take you down to, like, the main area every day, right? But one day, like, my call is later than everybody else, so I don't, I don't have to take the van. I'm just going to walk in, right? There was this dog that lived next door, belonged to, like, the family next door or whatever. And this dog just had it out for all of us. Like, we had to run inside our cabin before this dog would, like, bite us or whatever because... I don't know. She was just very aggressive. And so I go to walk down to like the main area and this dog is just in the middle of the road. Her name was lady. This dog is just in the middle of the road growling at me. And I'm like, this is it. This is the moment. This is when I get mauled. Like this is when, you know, they're going to have to like cart me off out of here, patch me up, get my rabies shot. Like I'm going to have to do all these things. Right. Right. And so I remember the owner, I remember them, like, saying, like, shouting, lady, no. And the dog, like, not doing anything, right? And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to try that. And so, you know, I put all that bass in my voice. And I was like, lady, no. And the dog was just like, you know, and I was walking, giving her a wide berth, giving her a wide berth. She just sat in the middle of the road right there. And then, like, there was a moment where, like, you know, her muscles tense. And I was like, here we go. I'm gonna have to fight a dog. (laughs) How big was this dog? This was like, she was like, you know, nothing, nothing against pits. I think pits are wonderful dogs. She happened to be a pit and she was of good size. I'm not good with like dog weight, but she was like, hmm. Maybe 80 pounds. I was going to say 80 pounds, probably. Big dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah Not yeah. a dog you want to fist you know, fight. Not, you're, not you're, a dog you want to fist fight. You're
1: doing well with guessing, like, numbers that the root is eight. So it's probably exactly <laughs> 80 you. pounds.
3: Thank you. Thank you very much. But, yeah, so basically I had to, like, you know, maintain eye contact that whole time, not show my teeth because I know that's a form of aggression And I just said, lady, no, over and over. I did not turn my back on her, even once I passed. Then I, like, walked backwards until, like, I was out of eyesight. And then I was like, okay. Meanwhile, sweat is just, like, pouring from every pore on my body. But I made it out. And it was my good animal communication skills.
1: Uh, Well done, by the way. You are putting into practice bear techniques that we talked about a few weeks oh, ago oh, really? on the podcast okay. a lot of good
2: practical life advice on this yeah. podcast. i works. mean
1: also if you get attacked from a bear after listening to that episode uh we're not responsible i felt a little <laughs> weird later i was like should we be giving advice about how to avoid bear attacks probably not um but lady let's get a fence let's get a fence for lady she'll be happy yeah. everyone will be yeah. will be happier
2: yeah
1: all that right, was
2: well, intense though.
1: So it was like not unleashed
2: in any way. It was just like no, just oh standing no, down this
3: dog. Oh no, 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 oh no! Man, that is
2: that's a that's yeah. a moment.
3: That yeah. It was a, it was a real moment. It was one of those like time slowed down, and I was like, mm-hmm. hmm, this could be it.
1: <laughs> it is rare that we today as humans like face an animal that we're like this might eat me if not at least kill me. Mm-hmm. You know.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Like two hundred years ago, that was happening every oh, Wednesday. Sure.
2: Yeah.
1: Like instead of my a, pod- stood, instead of a podcast a coming out. Once. Yeah, there you go. I was going to say instead of podcast dropping, there were animals jumping into your into your path who wanted to eat you. Your hey, you brother guys want
3: some berries. I'm going to go get some berries. Yeah.
1: No, no, no. He's never heard um, from again. Berry Wednesday. <laughs> your brother faced down a mountain lion. Yeah,
2: he was what? out in the desert.
1: He was out in the desert, and
2: he was like. uh my brother likes uh shooting he's into you know like target shooting
3: yeah and he yeah, was out yeah.
2: at a shooting range in the desert uh and he was like far away from everybody and he was so he's all alone like he couldn't like call out to anyone and a mountain lion just like approached him and uh there was like a big like fence post so he got up onto the fence post and just like put his arms up all big and just wow. like tried to make himself big and the mountain lion just kind of like checked him out, and then just turned and walked
3: away. And I was like, "Hakuna matata." It
2: <laughs> was very much that, actually, when you
3: think about it. He made himself
1: look like a meerkat riding a warthog. <laughs> yeah. and the line was like, "Never mind."
3: Not see a letter.
1: <laughs> Done that. Seen this one. <laughs> lifted up a log. There were some grubs you could eat there.
3: He was like,
1: hey, dig <laughs> speak- in. Speaking of little treats, yeah, it's Halloween, Burl. Uh, are you? I well. As a matter of fact, I don't know why I'm asking this question because I happen to know that this man loves oh, candy yeah. corn. Unlike oh, me,
3: Mo- I love it. I love it. <laughs> really? And you know, yeah, it, it, it's so funny. I just learned, like maybe like a few years back, that there's like some, you know, uprising against candy corn. Meanwhile, people love honey. All candy corn is is little honey droplets. That's all it is. is candy that what it corn. Is? Tastes like honey. Tastes exactly That's, like honey.
1: It's true. It is a honey. Candy flavor. corn never, tastes
3: nothing like can, nothing whoa. like corn. It just tastes like honey. So people love honey, hate candy corn. Doesn't make any sense to me. They're lying. I think it's, you're a right. it's like a trendy thing to hate. You know. Yeah, it's a conspiracy. There was people that uh, hate on candy corn. Actually, love candy corn. Full stop.
1: There was a moment on <laughs> set uh, where somebody brought out cupcakes <laughs> around the <laughs> Halloween season. This is back on Crazy Ex oh, Girlfriend. I remember this very
3: well. I remember this very well.
1: And. uh... Walked out, set up a bunch of cupcakes, with chocolate cupcakes with candy corn on each one of them.
3: Yeah, just one single candy corn adorned each cupcake, right?
1: I walk out to craft service table, and I find this man, Burl (laughs) Mosley, eating the very last candy corn of all the candy corn that he had gone down the row and picked off (laughs) off the top of each cupcake.
3: Now, Now, in my defense... I waited. It was the most insane thing I've ever seen. I waited like an hour because I was like, I don't want these cupcakes, but I do want that candy corn, and there was no candy corn anywhere else, right? And so I waited (laughs) like an hour, and people only took like a few cupcakes. I was like, nobody wants these cupcakes; they're going to get tossed soon. And so I was like, all right, let me just like take these candy corns. Next thing I know, I'm like, you know, Michael comes and sees me, and I'm like, don't say, you know, don't say nothing, man. We're back at the cast chairs, and Rachel comes out. She's like. Did somebody just individually eat the candy corns <laughs> off of all the cupcakes? And I'm like, yeah, it was me. What you want to do about it? <laughs> it was, to be fair. I didn't fair, have a lot of options.
2: One of I the bet, crazy, actions, craziest yeah. things I've
1: ever seen happen on
3: set. <laughs> I, said, I wanted candy corn. I didn't have anything else. They would have Please brought you a bowl of it. candy
1: corn. A hundred percent.
3: I don't know. Like my chair didn't have my name on it. Like nothing's for certain. <laughs> right, <you know? laughs> the
2: candy corn was in the writer. There was no candy corn.
3: I it was back just, in I the can... day, man. It was back in the day.
2: I could so see that moment and that logic and fully like so much stuff gets wasted. And you're like, I really want those candy corn. They're just going to throw it away. They're
3: just going to toss. And No one's thing even going to know. Yeah. I, the thing that I didn't want to see, I didn't want to come back in another hour and just like pass the garbage can and see them in there uh. with the candy corn on top like that yeah. would have broken my heart <laughs> just
1: a single tear
3: yeah <laughs> it's like the single denzel tear just, like, just right. yeah, he
1: had exactly. to you know he took justice into his own hands he
3: was like had to, like, <laughs> had to. Had no he went choice.
1: vigilante
3: on the no
2: candy choice. corn michael did so, you blow his cover or no she just no nah, no nah, he like was there. good
3: you no, know he did he give me the look when when she came in no, you know, he gave me that look that criminals do, you know, when, like, the police right. come and question just, him, they, they look to see who's looking at each other. He looked right over at me, I looked, looked right over at him, and I was like, I gotta say it. I gotta say something. <laughs> She's gonna blame the crew, and I was like, and I don't want her to do that. Uh, as man, a crew
2: member, we thank you for that. Hey,
1: <laughs> for you. God, one of the fucking craziest and funniest things That's hilarious. I love That's that. That's great. Truly endeared me. I mean, truly proved that Burl is one of the weirdest people I know and one of (laughs) my most favorite people. (laughs) (laughs) So when you were trick-or-treating as a kid, Burl, were you like, ooh, give me that candy corn? What were you... First of all, where did you grow up? Remind us where you grew up and then what trick-or-treating was like in your neighborhood.
3: So all over, um, but the places I remember trick-or-treating the most uh we lived in albuquerque new mexico for a little bit i remember trick-or-treating there as a kid and uh we also were in um virginia like fairfax county virginia i remember trick-or-treating there for a little bit and back in those days i really had no preference i was just excited to get candy you know what i mean i was just like but i do remember like being ridiculously successful and like filling up that little plastic pumpkin like with candy Or even like a pillowcase. Yeah, you got to
1: go pillowcase. As we've said on this show before, Mm -hmm. like the plastic pumpkin is not enough. That's not enough for any child.
3: Yeah. And sure enough, you know, you pour it out and then my mom would be like, pick out your favorites. And I was like, okay. And so I'd be like, oh, I like this. I like this. I like this. You know, basically like, you know, a third of the candy I, I liked. I was like, all right, this is what I want. And she's like, all right, cool. Two thirds of that candy went directly in the trash.
1: No, oh. Oh, this is why it happened. This is what created the cupcake.
3: That's not the origin it's story all moment. Coming yeah. together. and I was like, you know, as an adult, like I get it. You know, you don't want your kid eating like all of that candy. But yeah. I was like, well, at least I got to keep my favorites. You know what I mean? Yeah, at least I got to. We had
1: the candy relegated to the kitchen pantry after my sister and I sifted through everything, Mm decided, traded and decided what was what and what we didn't want. And then we would make a pile for my dad, you know, because there's dad tax when it comes to, at least in our house, when it comes to Halloween, like dad gets a cut. Like you do. Yeah.
3: Teaching early lessons
1: about the state.
3: Yeah. Yeah. As you should.
1: And then then, uh, our remaining candy would go into like personal... I don't I don't remember what they were in, if they were in a bowl or just still in our bag. But like that went into the kitchen pantry and like we were only allowed like we basically ate the rest of the candy between uh, Halloween and Christmas. You know oh, what I okay. mean? Yeah. So it was rationed out over the course of probably six or seven weeks. Wow. That's a good method.
3: That's a, yeah, that's good. That's not yeah. bad. It's not bad. Yeah. yeah. Bad. I was, nope. I was actually expecting that waste. it was going to last longer, but that's that's not bad.
1: I mean it could have it may have. I mean, but we probably got down to like Tootsie Roll Pops and then I was oh, just yeah, like Tootsie yeah. Rolls, you know, and only many. I'm not doing this. Uh, honey bees, oh, what were those called? Like the honey. There's like a not candy corn, but there was like a was gooey, a chewy honey. Is it Zagnut? Oh, what is it? I'm gonna Google it. Oh, something I've
3: heard I, I've heard of Zagnut before, but I don't know. Honey I don't know the,
1: the B candy. The B one with a B on it. This is what I go this is what I'm Googling.
3: Honey candy with a B on it. I
1: mean, Tell me,
3: Goopers. Yeah. What
1: about... um? Oh, I'm here scary. it is. I can't, a bit I of honey. Oh, a bit of honey? <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember a, a bit of a honey.
1: honey. Ugh. Too too chewy. Uh, too hard and too chewy at the same time.
3: I always loved me, uh, what, a Milky Way, Three Musketeers. Oh, those were the best. Twix. I love those. Skittles, yeah. m ms like anything that like i could you know that i saw like on a daily basis or whatever you know
1: yeah something that like. you would see in a store mm-hmm. like bit of mm-hmm. honey you never saw that at a 7 no, no no
3: i'm like get this away from me time like, somebody Whoa. offered me a candy, candy apple or something like that, i was like keep it i don't want that shit i don't want what it. is this disneyland <laughs> keep Just it, take it
1: right my the- pumpkin Main Street USA right now, yeah. And That's
3: like, precious through, real estate. I went through a lot of trouble to make this, and I'm like, "Well, you're gonna go through a lot of trouble to get it away from me."
2: <laughs> As an what adult a- now, <laughs> do you think the adults that gave away like weird candy were doing it on purpose? Like, could you really? Think,
3: That's a good question. Know? I feel like I feel like they must have had like the noblest of intentions in their hearts, and they just yeah. like. They're like, well, some kids like it, and, though, and that's who I'm making it for, you know? Uh-huh.
1: I think just people are out of touch. I think some old people were just like, dishes, what? I used to get to the general store.
3: I, I used apple. to get a bag of apple slices yeah, like they ne-
1: They'd never heard of a nutrageous before, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I
3: don't know what that is. Right.
1: That's way too radical 90s. Yeah. Whoppers?
3: Oh, extreme. I also loved Whoppers. Those Whoppers.
1: I not a whopper guy, but I appreciate well, I those who crunch. are. Loved My uncle was came a around to
2: whoppers guy. later in life. Malted balls. Yeah. yeah. Everlasting Malted
3: gobstopper. Balls. Oh, I love I that. It. I a
2: good Jolly gobstopper.
3: ranchers.
1: Watermelon only, please. Woo.
3: That's a real man right there. It's a real man.
1: What right about <laughs> what about Halloween haunts? Anything that scared you? Which Halloween creature scared you the most, <sighs> Burl? If you were All thinking, right. okay, this could happen to me, what what would it be?
3: Mm, I'm going to be real with you right now. None of that stuff really scared me because I was just like not scared of it. <laughs> like Frankenstein, I was like, okay, this is dumb. He's slow. I can outrun him. <laughs> Vampires, I was like, mm, they only come out at night. I'm in bed. Like, the mummy, I'm like, I'm not going to any tombs. <laughs> Werewolves, it was like, full moon. I was like, all right, full moon. It's one day of the month. I was like, I'm good. But uh, I was terrified. My dad had this, like, latex mask oh, that he kept in, like, like the uh, drawer of, like, his office desk that he would bring out every Halloween. And it was so scary that when he would wear it, my sister and I would cry immediately. <laughs> oh, my God. Like we would immediately cry and the fear of God was inside me. And like, it was that, like, I didn't know that it wasn't my dad. And like, you
2: couldn't be totally sure. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. And so I just, I just screamed. I was like, ah! you know, we were just, we were beside ourselves and he had to like, take it off. And he's laughing and he's like, no, it's me. See? And we're like, Oh God, it is you. Okay. Okay. And then he puts it back on. And we're like, no, please don't no, ever and so finally he had to retire it, but he still kept it in that same drawer. And I remember when I'd be playing games with my sister, I'd be like, should we test the strength of will that we have now that we're like a year older? You know, we do this every year. Like, should we go and see how long we can look at that mask? <laughs> and so we'd go like, pull out the drawer, you know, and the mask would be like turned over, you know? And so we had to like turn it over and stare at it and see how long we could do it, you know? We could never make it more than like forty-five seconds, but wow! Whew, that a quick thing question, that thing and
1: be honest—yeah, did yeah. your dad kill Sydney Bristow's mother?
3: Yes, and yeah. <laughs> he also brought her back to life. Oh, so well, I feel nice. like it cancels it out. It cancels yeah, it fair out. Fair enough. And then she was
1: out. later killed by Ghostface. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What or part-time necromancer? Cotton, cotton-weary. Cotton <clears throat> Was that Was that?
3: Was that God, his name from scream? from scream? Wasn't that Scream 2? Yeah.
1: yeah, Sydney. Yes, yes. He comes in and scream two, but he's set up in Scream 1. Um, what Hello, is this? Sydney. That's pretty good. What yeah. is this mat? What was the mask? And also, your dad kept it in his desk drawer yeah, year amazing. round?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 and then there was like one time we went to look for it and it was just gone, right? But, um, yeah, it was like his go-to Halloween mask. It, I, I can't really describe it. It was kind of like, imagine Frankenstein's face, but flesh-colored, and, like, one of the eyeballs is, like, pointed upwards, you know what I mean? And one mm-hmm. of the eyeballs is, like, looking at you. It was very strange, and there's, like, you know, a bunch of, like, staples in the face and, like, cuts and bruises on it. Uh, it so was kind of like, kinda like so it
2: was like a human face, like a grotesque. Yeah, yeah,
3: human like face. like an like an undead zombie meets Frankenstein kind of, you know, like somebody reanimated a zombie and like decided to staple up their their wounds or something like that. It was quite it was quite scary, and it had like the oh, fake yeah. hair and everything too. Oh. This
1: <laughs> sounds very similar to my own father's mask. We're learning something tonight. Mm. Does every father carry around a Halloween latex mask year-round? They give you one
2: at the hospital, yeah, when they give (laughs) you a
1: child. That's what happens if you don't find out until you have a baby. Right. That, like, the mother is handed a baby, but the father is handed a latex (laughs) mask to which he will scare the baby for the rest of its life. Like, that's Mm -hmm. this weird... The ritual that happens, but my father had a flesh colored latex mask What the eyes were cut out yeah, so that yeah. like there was no like but but it had it was just an old man with frizzy white like bozo hair coming around mm-hmm. the sides bald mm-hmm. on top mm-hmm. and he called him Fred. And occasionally, when we were sitting at the kitchen table, he would wander out, probably having a cigarette, and then he would put the mask on and just stare at the window until one of us noticed and screamed and then shit our pants. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh.
2: That's a pretty funny thing to do as a dad, i got to say. Yeah, that's scary.
1: Yeah. Fred, that motherfucker, that guy. He hung oh, out with he come basement. back again and, like, make a joke about, like, was Fred here or something like that? <laughs> Probably, yeah. What are you all yeah. upset about? Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to get into a spooky story tonight for Halloween, but before we do that, Burl, yeah, you've never played our game Oh, b- because, I almost yeah. said it, because we invented it after you were on the show.
3: Uh, like so here's what movie. we're going to
1: do. We're going to go down a list of phenomena, rapid-fire mm-hmm. style. Okay. Now, typically... Uh, if you're into it, if you're open to it, I should say, mm-hmm. you would mm-hmm. say believe it. Okay. If you're not open to it, you'd say bullshit.
3: Bullshit, right? Yeah.
1: And okay. we call it bullshit or believe it. Okay. But a listener okay. this month on Twitter, Jeff the Peaceful Warrior at Peaceful Warrior, suggested that for Halloween, for Zombie mm-hmm. Bigfoot's Cryptic Crypt Month, we should change this name name of this game to Ghoulshit.
3: And believe it or
1: believe it, yeah, is, that's
3: exactly. right. There
1: it is. So, it uh, is. if you're open to it, you're going to say believe it. If you're not open to it, you're going to say Gool shit. Got
3: it? I'm I'm not saying that. I'm kidding. it. Let's do it.
1: All right, <laughs> bro. Mostly on your mark. Okay. Good set.
3: Uh, bullshit. Believe it. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: And there's no in between. You got to come down one or the other. All right. Okay.
3: Okay. Ghosts. Believe it. UFOs. Believe it. Bigfoot. Goul shit.
1: Vampires. Goul shit. Shadow people. Believe it. Loch Ness Monster. Goul shit. Gray aliens.
3: Believe it. Werewolves. Goul shit.
1: Parallel universes. Believe it. Zombies.
3: Ghoulshit. Shapeshifters. Goul shit. Heaven. Believe it. Hell. Gullshit. Yeti. Believe it.
1: Astrology. Gullshit. ESP. Believe it. Witches. Gullshit. Demons.
3: Believe it.
1: Atlantis. (gasps) Believe it. Mothman. Gullshit. The Jersey Devil. Ghoul shit. The Biblical Devil. Ghoul shit. Life on other planets.
3: Believe it.
1: Life after death. Believe it. Well done, Bro Mosley. Hey! hey! A successful round, Halloween round, I guess it's now redundant to call it that, of ghoul shit (laughs) or believe it. All right. So a uh, ghoul shit on Bigfoot, but believe it on Yeti. Yeah. You explain yourself, like, sir.
3: Well, here here's why. Um, I feel like, you know, Bigfoot did exist, but I feel like he passed away um, some oh. years ago. Um, but the Yeti, I think, is still out there because he has enough things in his environment to sustain him.
1: So you think Bigfoot was just like one man or one weird man wandering around who just died of old age? Or Yeah,
3: yeah. Or if it was like an actual Bigfoot, it, it's it's since passed and was not able to make offspring. So
1: well, but he had to be offspring from something.
3: You know, chicken egg. Oh, chicken egg. Okay.
1: Fair, 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 fair. Um, what else did we have on this list that struck me? There was another one. Uh demons. Mm-hmm. Believe it.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You That's ever as seen as an as exorcism say
1: about that? What's that?
3: You ever seen an exorcism? You ever did No, sir, the I have not. The pale moonlight. <laughs> not um, that. Yes. Whoo, oh man, it's. Whoo, I've seen some crazy stuff.
1: Wait, have you like actually seen an exorcism? Videos. Yeah, Please. not not
3: in person, <laughs> not, in person <laughs> not in person. But but I've seen like you know. Uh, you know what they call them? Uh, you know the police video from interrogating somebody, and they mm-hmm. got like the camera on, and they're like, you know, asking them, and they are just not right. Yeah, are like, we
2: talking one of those like YouTube videos of like ten scariest moments caught This on is film this is before
3: thing? YouTube. It was pre-YouTube. It was like one of those programs where they're like you know oh, okay. something's not you not know, not you know something like possessions and stuff like that top 10 arrested demons yeah right. <clears throat> it was exactly. it was very terrifying i was like hmm that's disturbing and then yeah. you're like is it mental illness but then you're like no because they'll bring in a priest and they'll do an exorcism and then the person is fine
2: yeah I mean, I've, and also, like, we don't know what consciousness is, so how can we know what demons are within mm-hmm, the consciousness, you know? Mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's a very uh, need line.
1: to look into the subgenre of police interrogation room exorcisms because I don't know Do anything it. about this. Do it. I, I, I bet Bryce it. is all over this. Wherever Bryce is. Bryce, Bryce, Bryce! can you hear us? We're Bryce.
2: in a hotel room watching uh, police exorcisms. Uh, That's probably true. There he is. Videos. There he is.
1: He's just binging. Uh, me time. Yeah. Par- paranormal con on camera. That's why. That's oh. why you know
3: that movie uh, was it Constantine. Constantine's not a movie. Yes. It's a documentary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, this week's story of high strangeness with Burrell Mosley.
2: Burl Mosley. Burl, Burl, oh, I see what you did there. Uh, that's good. <laughs>
1: All right, we're back, and it's time for this week's story of high strangeness with Burl Mosley. We could also have gone with Girl Mosley for your Wolf Man that you're not afraid of. Um, now I've asked, oh, I've asked Burl to play a couple roles in uh, tonight's story. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. This is kind of a juicy one. It's not not quite a deep dive. It's it's it it could probably be a deep dive. Um, This is a story that I've been fascinated with for a while. Uh, It's a good Halloween story because it's a haunted house story. Uh, We got more requests to do some of these during the month of October. So here you you go. I'm delivering on this one. And I'm excited to discuss this one with the two of you. Because like Amityville Horror... Uh, this is one that has like, spread its mystical claws into the like trenches, the deep trenches of pop culture. Mm. Oh, I'm excited to hear what this All is. Right. I have No idea. So here we go. <clears throat> Got to clear my throat.
3: <coughs> ah! That's really good. Carole! That's good. Yeah, clear it out. Clear it out.
1: Over the course of 18 terrifying months in the late 1970s, An English working class single mother and her four children were targeted by an otherworldly entity in their home at 284 Green Street in Enfield, North London. The haunting would capture the imaginations of the press, paranormal investigators, including demonologists Ed and Lorraine Warren, and skeptics alike. What happened to the Hodgson family? was either one of the greatest paranormal instances of the 20th century or one of its biggest hoaxes. This is the story of the Enfield Poltergeist. Poltergeist, Damn, we're tackling
2: classics tonight.
1: Now, does any of this ring a bell, Burl? No. Have you seen seen a movie called The Conjuring 2?
3: Oh, I've seen the trailer.
1: Now <laughs> <laughs> pretty much seen the movie
3: though, actually. It's one of those trailers. You kind of get all the beats.
1: Yeah. Um, so you know, you know the uh the pop culture icon, horror icon, the nun, correct?
3: Oh yes.
1: So the nun is the enemy of conjuring two, a complete fabrication by James Wan and whoever wrote. That script mm-hmm. has not mm-hmm. the nun and the uh, the demon who disguised itself as the nun Veloc had mm-hmm. nothing to do with this true story. But the but the what happened in Enfield mm-hmm. and the and the family or all the basis that's the stuff that it's based on, right? Okay, got okay. it. Yeah, got okay. it. And Conjuring Two also opens with the Amityville horror stuff and makes the artistic leap of linking the same demon to Enfield as the, as the demon in Amityville. But in, in reality, the two had nothing to do with one another. So I'm, te- I'm reminding our listeners to set that aside. Unle- you must unlearn what you have learned. <laughs> so, concerning the Enfield poltergeist, the trouble began on August 30th, 1977, in the bedroom of the two elder Hodgson girls, Margaret, 12, and Janet, 11. The girls awoke to the sound and sensation of Janet's bed rattling and shuffling about the floor. They called for their mother, Peggy, who was raising her four kids, Margaret, Janet, and their little brothers, Johnny, 10, and Billy, 7, after divorcing their father and working hard to scrape two pennies together. Peggy checked in on the girls, who were frightened, but saw no evidence of a bed spontaneously moving on its own accord. So she scolded the girls for being cheeky and told them to go to sleep. Now, sidebar, I find it interesting that in this story, much like in the Amityville haunting in Long Island, uh, that both happened around the same time, uh, 70s, middle late 70s, and both that both of them involved broken families. The paranormal activity in each instance was somewhat similar, and both were very famous. As we've already stated, both are surrounded by uh, controversy and both have had, you know, big Hollywood blockbusters based on them. But I wonder if beneath the sensation in the press of these stories is this idea, this cultural phenomenon that's happening, which is like divorced families. Single moms remarrying and having to move on with their lives mm-hmm. and like raise kids on their own or raise them with a strange, quote unquote, strange man in the house mm-hmm. that, you know, there's something linked between these horror stories and that cultural phenomenon that was happening at the time. Just just a little thing. I don't have an answer to, but I okay. find it a little okay. interesting.
3: OK. I like yeah.
2: It. It's an interesting observation. You know, it's like. uh <clears throat> I don't know. Is that, does the 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 trauma of the broken family invite this thing in, or is this a manifestation of that? Like in our collective minds, right? Like why we attach mm-hmm. to these stories because that was the first time that you know you were seeing divorce and those kind of right. Or in mm-hmm. and is it society.
1: the is it the press latching on to like this right. broken home is already haunted because this marriage? You know what I mean? Now right. obviously right. Got narrative, yeah. yeah. Obviously, yeah, yeah. we have much more modern opinions about this now, and I'm not scolding people who have divorced. Oh, or, no, definitely not. You know, but I just feel like there seemed to be, you know, maybe a little bit more of a, a, a prejudice against divorced families in the 70s. Um, definitely. Yeah. I, I don't know. Hmm. So the next evening, August 31st, Johnny and Janet heard a shuffling in the bedroom. They called for their mother. Something seemed to be lurking about. "'Mommy, mommy, mommy!' Peggy shouted from below. "'Quit mucking about!' But when Peggy heard a loud noise, the children screaming, she finally went upstairs to check on the situation. What she discovered when she entered the children's bedroom was the absurd sight of their heavy oak dresser sliding across the floor, propelled by an unseen force. Peggy tried moving the dresser back into place, but it pushed back headed towards the bedroom door as if its goal was to block it and lock them all in. Years later, a grown-up Janet who witnessed the event would recall this moment to telegraph reporter Will Store. She was dumbfounded, really. She pushed it back and it started to move again. She tried to push it back again and it wouldn't move. So she said, right, we'll go downstairs. We was very nervy. There was a funny atmosphere in the house, and then the knocking started. The strange knocks seemed to bounce around the house and come from within the walls or under the floorboards. Peggy's growing concern that a burglar was lurking about led her to gather up the kids and rush them over to the neighbor's house. The home belonged to a couple named Vic and Peggy Nottingham. Now, Vic was a large, burly man. He went into the Hodgson house to locate the source of the strange noises, but was baffled by
3: what he encountered. Burl. I went in there, and I couldn't make out these noises. There was a knocking on the wall, in the bedroom, on the ceiling. I was beginning to get a bit frightened. Unsure
1: of what to do, Peggy phoned the police... Police Constable Carolyn Hayes investigated the scene and she herself witnessed a chair moving by an unseen force. She searched the area for hidden wires but found no evidence of a prank. It was weird. She later told the press, The chair was by sofa and I looked at the chair and I noticed it shook slightly. I can't explain it any better. It came off the floor oh nearly half an inch I should say and I saw it slide off to the right about three and a half four feet before it came to rest I'm absolutely convinced that no one in that room touched that chair or went anywhere near it when it moved absolutely convinced with no crimes having been committed the police shrugged off the situation said we don't know what to do and left Hodgson's were on their own and the paranormal activity was only getting started. Peggy contacted the UK rag, the daily mirror, hoping that they might be of some help. They sent over a team that included photographer Graham Morris, who hoped to snap a photo of objects moving around the room. But when the mirror arrived, nothing happened. After waiting around for something exciting to take place. The Daily Mirror team packed it in and went out to the car. The moment they reached their vehicle, the poltergeist woke up, and it got to work, flinging small objects about the room. The Hodgson's called them back in, and Graham Morris was struck in the eye with a Lego. Morris said, it was chaos. Things started flying around. People were screaming. Morris started snapping pictures, including a couple photos of Janet allegedly levitating and being tossed about in the bedroom. Now, I want you guys, if you're near a computer, to Google Enfield Poltergeist. Uh, if you're listening at home, pull over the car before you do this. Now, you're going to Google, and we'll put this up on the Instagram. Boys, I want you to do the same. Okay. And almost immediately, what will come up are these photos of Janet allegedly levitating and being uh, tossed around. Enfield poltergeist. There are pictures of her. It looks like she's almost jumping off the bed. I don't know if you guys are seeing this stuff, screaming oh, yeah, yeah, in yeah, terror. Yeah, yeah. I've seen these. I've seen. This. Yeah, I'm gonna send these over to you guys right now. If you can't find them, I'm looking at the Don't they even them. show some of these images at the end of the oh what too, in the credits? Yeah. So allegedly, these photos you'll see there she's like up in the air, screaming. The children yes. are huddled in the other bed. She's you I know in yes. this like red dressing gown. Now it's tough when you look at these because she could just be jumping off the bed
3: right, right. but
1: the the photographer claimed that she was being thrown around the room. whoa, and these pictures went into the daily mirror. And uh, this story started to catch fire. So uh, after the Daily Mirror began reporting the story, then they would continue to serialize the events at Green Street over the next 18 months, the BBC came in to record a radio interview and investigation. BBC reporter Roz Morris, she claimed, After the girls went to bed, there was a very loud crash upstairs in the bedroom and then she went upstairs to discover that a heavy chair had been thrown nine feet across the room something chopped that chair across the room I'm convinced of that and she felt you know this thing was too heavy for a little girl or a little boy to like throw nine feet across the room so let's pause here and ask why the Hodgson's why now well we may never know for sure but allegedly Janet and her big sister Margaret had been playing with an Ouija board in the days leading up to the start of the haunting. So one prevailing theory is that it's possible they opened a portal to the other side that allowed a spirit to walk through. There it is. Now, whatever caused this activity, it was enough to pique the interests of the Society of Psychical Research. You may remember these guys from last year's story about Borley Rectory, BCC 134, with Mike Mitchell. The Society of Psychical Research was founded in the 1800s and has boasted Arthur Conan Doyle as one of its members. Maurice Gross and Guy Leon Playfair investigated the Enfield poltergeist and would witness numerous strange activities over the months of the haunting. But things started a little slow at first. When Gross and Playfair arrived at the house, they sat in the living room for a long while waiting for something to happen. After a period of inactivity, Gross claimed that Legos and marbles started spontaneously shooting about the room. The children's toys were hot to the touch, and the investigators witnessed a T-shirt fly off a table and across the room as well. Then the sounds returned, the strange knocking, that bounced around the house, inside the walls, under the floors, above the ceilings impossible to pinpoint. Bouncing from room to room, you hear it there, you run in, and suddenly it's coming from the other side of the house. The SPR returned multiple times to check in on activity at the house, and the poltergeist delivered. Furniture moved about the room, the sounds of disembodied dogs barking came out of nowhere, And then, there were the voices. Specifically, the voice that came out of little Janet. Janet began channeling the deep, gruff voice of an entity named Bill. Bill claimed, through Janet, that he used to live in the house, but died suddenly from a brain hemorrhage. We're about to play a recording of the members of the SPR interviewing interrogating janet as she channeled bill now remember she was only 11 year old 11 years old at the time of this recording now riley uh, if you cue it up to minute two four on that youtube video we're going to take a listen to the society of psychical research uh interviewing young janet as she channeled bill
0: i want you to tell me Whether you remember what happened to you when you died. Just before you died. Can you say that again, please? I don't think I'm going to stay here.
1: What a dog, and I don't so much. All right, that, so you can stop it there, Riley. So Yikes. Creepy as fuck. He said, I tasted blood... <laughs> Uh, and then I forget the next thing he says, but then he says he died in the chair in the corner downstairs. Whoa. That's a, that's an 11-year-old girl making that voice.
3: Whoa. Jesus. Whoa.
2: That's, that's some scary shit, man. I don't yeah. know.
1: So um, Janet claimed as Bill that he died in a chair sitting in the corner in the downstairs living room from a hemorrhage. And this fact... Oh, he said, yeah, he said he tasted blood, went blind, and then he died of a hemorrhage. So this fact would later be confirmed. A man by the name of Bill Wilkins had lived and had died of a brain hemorrhage in the house at the age of 72, years earlier. And the corroboration of the story came from Bill Wilkins' son, Wilkinson's son, Terry. Meanwhile... The levitations and the telekinetic activity involving furniture continued. The children would sometimes be yanked out of their beds at night. During one instance, one of the children screamed as they were coming down the stairs that they couldn't move. The adults looked back and saw one of her legs sticking out back behind her. She said someone had her leg. The adults ran up the stairs and pulled on her arms, but they couldn't move her. It's often said that poltergeist activity tends to center around a pubescent female in the home and indeed the activity seemed to peak on and around December 15th of 1978 when Janet got her first period. Janet recalled the trauma of the activity years later while speaking to the Daily Mail. She said, The levitation was scary but you don't know where you were going to land and I remember a curtain being wound around my neck. I was screaming. I thought I was going to die. My mom had to use all her strength to rip it away. The man who spoke for me, Bill, seemed angry because we were in his house. Eventually, the activity seemed to settle down after a priest was finally brought in to perform an exorcism. Eventually, the Hodgson's moved out of the house, but activity on Green Street never truly died the next owner Claire Bennett said that her sons used to hear people talking downstairs and they moved out two months after moving in her son Shaka who was only 15 at the time later said Burl
3: the night before we moved out I woke up and saw a man come into the room I ran into mom's room and said we've got to move and we did
1: Of course, the Enfield Poltergeist tale doesn't come without bucket loads of skepticism. Janet and Margaret have admitted to tricking Gross and Playfair from time to time, playing pranks and pretending that they were seeing things or things were happening when they weren't. But they claimed that the SPR members always caught them in the act and that sometimes they made stuff up just because they felt pressure to make something happen. Other skeptics claim that the reports of telekinetic activity were greatly exaggerated and that Janet was just a natural ventriloquist who knew how to throw her voice. But even the flaws in the story and the admissions of these little white lies by Janet and Margaret can't account for everything. At the end of the day, over 30 people witnessed unexplained phenomena during those 18 months at 284 Green Street in Enfield. And Janet says the experience has stayed with her her whole life. After all, it wasn't easy being known as the Ghost Girl. It was odd. I had a short spell in the Maudsley Psychiatric Hospital in London where they stuck electrodes in my head. But the test proved normal. As for whether she was really channeling the ghost of Bill Wilkins, Janet says yes. It lived off me, off my energy. Call me mad if you like. Those events did happen. The poltergeist was with me, and I feel that, in a sense, he always will be. And that, in a nutshell, is the story of the Enfield poltergeist. Well told. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness for my accents. Burl Mosley...
3: What there the hell go. is that? What? What? Oh! Oh! What is that, Burl? Yes,
1: Burl. Hello? Hello. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> not not another member of this podcast being sucked into uh, another dimension.
2: Burl. Uh... <laughs> Come back, what if we just ended the episode yeah, there? That then, might, might as well. Happy <laughs> Halloween, everybody! All right, everybody good night.
1: <laughs> I don't know, bro. What do you think about when you hear a story like this? Um, and there's obviously a lot more reading you can do on this subject. Oh, I sure. focus mostly on the spooky stuff because it's Halloween week, yeah, you know. But there's people, magicians, and skeptics who are like, This is bullshit. But there's a lot of people that cop signed an affidavit uh-huh. that she saw Yo. a chair move on its yeah. own will.
3: When that man's voice came out of that little girl's body, that's crazy. Yeah. Little girls don't talk yeah. like that.
1: I mean, <laughs> she's certainly natural not. talent. Met, if she I've, is,
3: I've met plenty of 11-year-olds, even when I was 11, and none of them talk <laughs> like that ever. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's wild stuff. And the fact that, like, why would those little girls know that a man named Bill died in that house from a brain hemorrhage? I mean... I guess the skeptic could say maybe they heard about it or their mom was talking about it, but I don't know, man. When
2: something. I was 11,
3: I couldn't even pronounce the word Hemaraju. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, that's like if if that's a hoax, that is the the like prototypical preteen goth right there. Yeah. That's a, yes, that's really well
1: totally Next level. Yeah, it's similar to Amityville, where it got. This was basically the Amityville of London, happened again, happening around the same time. Got so mm-hmm. much press, mm-hmm. family got a lot of attention. They've made like, they've made BCC or like Sky TV movies and documentaries about this case. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just one of those hauntings of the 20th century that uh, a lot of people Ooh. don't believe in, but a lot of people think there's really something there. You know, oh,
3: and yeah. I kind of do,
1: do. You believe that they believe it? like I, they I, weren't hoaxing it i do i do uh they they're one of the reporters that i i read a story of was like janet's completely consistent like they were like i interviewed interviewed her over a couple years on this story and she was always consistent never wavered from the story and i think like it's totally normal for two girls that are like this has now consumed their life to fuck with the paranormal investigators who come over when it's a slow day, you know what I mean? Why wouldn't you, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that some of that stuff just damned any credibility of the case. There's obviously like no real controlled experiment here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's all sort of like, eh, it happened. Uh, But um, I think they believed it kind of like the kids from Amityville. Whether it was happening or not, they believed it was happening, you know, or yeah. they believed the narrative mm-hmm. that started to happen around around them. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: That makes that makes sense.
1: Yeah.
2: Huh. I don't know. Yeah. yeah well, spooky,
3: man. It's real spooky.
1: We do it's, know that.
3: It's yeah. just uh... what do you th- Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. What are you saying?
1: No, I was I was just I'm interested in what both of you guys think. Other than yeah. you know.
3: Yeah. I, I, I think it's like to have something like that happen to you as a child has got to be kind of traumatic. But then then the plus side of it, something happening to you that young is that you're like, oh, well, maybe this is what life is. You know, maybe <laughs> life is, yeah. you know, right. getting possessed every 10 years, every decade of your life. You know what I mean? It's so strange yeah. to have something like that happen to you so young and, and and then have it, of course, you know, follow you throughout the rest of your life and then have to go into a mental institution for a time because it like really scarred you you know Ugh. i wonder yeah. if she was conscious when that man's voice was you know when she was possessed and, and his voice is coming out of she
1: it, said know? she couldn't remember a lot of it and that her oh. she like her mom wouldn't let her see some of those pictures and wouldn't listen let her listen to the tapes and it was like oh, only man. later that she listened to them and was like oh fuck that's fucked up
3: Right, sure.
1: It's like sure. the ultimate, like the like night after. Like, oh that was me. You're You're like,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did what last night? No, Ooh. it was me, Bill. It <laughs> was Bill.
3: Yeah, sitting in a chair in the corner, eating me curds and whey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Wait a minute,
2: did Bill turn into an eleven-year-old English girl? <laughs> yeah,
1: what's happening? <laughs>
3: Ask me no questions; I'll tell you no lies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Riley, where are you coming down on the Enfield Poltergeist from this very this like ten minute presentation that you've been given? I mean, I
2: I feel like I have sympathy for this girl that had this possession experience because whatever sure. it was, it it seems pretty pretty genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, who you know is it a case of uh, ramping up hysteria? Is it a case of? some sort of i don't know i i never for some reason i can never get my head around the like they just did it to fuck with people right get in the news like i'm just like but who would like why like no it just doesn't make sense like people are just too lazy to even do that like Mm -hmm. why i would never be like no i'd rather just hang out and i don't know that just doesn't that never adds up for me it never makes sense it's always Um, added stress Yeah. So it's like something is, it's something of the, is going on. And then it's that same question we always get down to where it's like, well, where's the line then between, you know, just the, you know, the human experience and the bizarreness of consciousness and the paranormal and, you know, what is, what is a demon? What is a possession? I don't know. But I mean, something... Something happened to the point that it, we're still talking about it, yeah, yeah. And
1: I don't think it was yeah. a demon, I think the movies have made it into a demon. I think it was probably sure, a ghost, sensationalized it. yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. it was like maybe they just like strengthened open a gateway for Bill to come through using that Ouija board, and suddenly he was like communicating, you know. And the mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. they talked to it, the stronger he got, you know, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. they feed yeah. off that like acknowledgement and conversation, and, and you know what I mean. Kind of goes all the way back to 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 the the Bell Witch stuff that we learned back in like the fucking second episode of this series, Ooh. you know?
2: Right. Yeah. Um, and if anywhere's haunted, it's you know it's Jolly Old England, right? Yeah. that's right.
3: That's we is talked about time.
1: that a couple of weeks ago. It's haunted mm-hmm. as fuck. Yeah. All right. Well, well China's as r-
3: old as time. That's like just a little <laughs> younger, <laughs> yeah. but still old. Still real yeah. old. Still still old. old. Still old. Yeah. Still old. Probably a lot of old. ghosts
1: there too. Ghost everywhere, you
2: guys. You know when they spell Walk.
3: old with an E, it's old. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's the extra old. Yeah.
1: Well, that wraps up our story of high strangeness and our Halloween episode for this year. Uh, but guess what, guys? The fun is going to continue into next week, even though it'll be early November. We're giving you one more episode before we take a little break until the new year. That Just a reminder... Uh, new stuff will be dropping in the feed every week. We're gonna be doing some Patreon unlocks. We're gonna be doing some bonus stuff. So keep subscribing, keep listening. And if you're a subscriber to the other side, Riley and I, uh, maybe Bryce, if we ever hear from him again, we'll be doing. Uh, we'll keep the the other side. We'll keep going uninterrupted. That that never changes. Okay, so uh, stick with us. Keep subscribing. Uh, And uh, come back next week. We got a brand new episode for you to wrap up the spooky season. A little uh, spooky season dessert, if you would.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right, Whoop. final the final candy corns. Yes, oh,
1: the bottom. Yes,
3: the final right. candy corns.
1: We won't let next week's episode go into the trash without picking those beautiful candy corns out of <laughs> it first. Pick
3: them one by one. Just for podcast, Bigfoot candy corn
1: podcast. <laughs> Ooh, spit off. <laughs> Love it, uh, bro. Mosley, thank you for being a guest on the show. Where can thank people you follow you? Where can people find your work?
3: Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Burl Mosley B-U-R-L-M-O-S-E-L-E-Y. You can find my work on your television screens and your movie screens. Visit imdb.com for the full list. (laughs) Find find some of my, like, really random old sketches on YouTube. Not on TikTok yet, but, hey, tomorrow's, uh, I mean, next year's a new year, so we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. Maybe we'll maybe we'll us old farts will get talked into TikTok at some Yeah,
3: point. maybe I'll get talked into TikTok. We'll see. <laughs>
1: talked we'll into ticking. Um fantastic. Uh you can follow me at McMills on Instagram and Twitter. At Bigfoot Collectors Club on Instagram and Bigfoot Pod on Twitter. Of course, uh subscribe to BCC, the other side or Patreon at patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club for five bucks a month, you'll get three to five bonus episodes. Thanks again to Burl. Bryce, if you're out there, we miss you. We love you. you, we, hope you're, love you man. we hope you're okay wherever you are. That was a weird message we got a couple weeks ago, but I guess that's, I don't know. You know what? We'll keep trying. We'll keep trying. I'm going to talk to Mayor. We're going to get the task force on it. Uh, maybe I should call in uh, some paranormal investigators. Who knows? But um, Yeah. All right. lines are
2: open, Bryce. Lines so are open, I'll, guys. I'll leave a radio tuned to static yeah. tonight if you All want right. to reach out.
1: That sounds good. Hashtag Where's Bryce, everybody, if you got leads. Burl, thanks again. Good night, everyone, uh, and
3: go get regressed. This is Ghostface calling for Bryce. If I call you and you don't pick up the phone, I'm going to gut you like a fish. Ah! Whoa, whoa. I don't know how he patched in here, guys, but uh, thank you for everything and good night. Good night.
2: Can you hear me? It's Bryce. I need help. I'm trapped in a strange and mysterious place, and I, I'm, I'm not alone. Save me. Oh, my God. Hey, guys. Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.
3: In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called
1: the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover.
3: First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun.